This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Hi everyone, you're listening to Thoughts and Theories on ORFM, where I'll delve deeper into the meanings and messages of films, books, TV shows, and more. I'm Asha Amaasri, and let's get into it. Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode of Thoughts and Theories. Today I will be reflecting on my high school career, I guess, Um, or I guess more specifically year 13. Uh, What brought on this idea was that uh, currently in my English class, uh, we have to do an assignment, a speech assignment, and we were assigned a theme, and the theme is valedictorian, which um, when I first heard it, I didn't exactly know what it meant. I mean, I've heard of the word before in um, American media, like in Legally Blonde, um, Lizzie McGuire, the movie, things like that, you know, um, or like Spider-Man, the first one. And, um, so I just know it's like equivalent to our ducks, I think, uh, but instead of it just being academic, it's the best all-rounder student, like the top student of the school, which is pretty cool. Um, I don't really like the theme that they chose for the speech, but that's a, that's a different rant for another day. But, um, I thought it was, uh, I thought the concept, um, in general, uh, was good to talk about, you know, wanting to reflect on your years of school and um, moving on to a new pathway of life because um, you're 13 at the moment and I'll be going to university next year. And it's pretty wild. Um, it's pretty scary. In my in my mind, I still view myself as that little 12-year-old girl who didn't really know what to do with her life because I still don't know what to do with my life. Um, Yeah, so it's really crazy how time flew by so quickly. And I really don't know what I want to do with my future. And many people have sort of talked to me and said, oh, it's okay if you don't know what to do in the future. Or they would say um, the complete opposite and be like, no, you're about to go to university. You have to know what you want to do because or else you're just going to waste your time doing a degree that you don't want to do. And it's, it's really like... Oh, there's so much pressure on me. Uh, E13 is so different to year 12. Year 12, my biggest worry was getting um, excellence endorsed in NCEA. And that was like a huge worry. But now I have to worry about getting UE and then what comes on beyond university. Uh, I have to think about my career. And I'm only 17. I really don't know what to do with my life. And people around me seem to know what they're doing, seem to, you know, click on really quickly. Um, and I guess I have an idea, but it's not really what I can do, more of what I dream to do. Because I have, ugh, if money wasn't a problem, there'd be so many things so many other people want to do, right? They would, like, you want to work with your passion. And um, um, my huge passion is 
drama or theater theater studies um anything with the arts you know taking uh, I do I take photography um and I act and it's it's really fun and it feels like I'm not at school when I'm doing those subjects because it's just a time where I can express myself and how I view things in a creative way other than just saying it or writing it down on a piece of paper and if money didn't matter then I would probably try and spend my time to hone my acting skills and um I guess take the stage you know uh but that's not possible uh for many reasons uh (laughs) I'm not necessarily a fan of on-screen film acting that's not my area of expertise (laughs) expertise as if I have any but that's not really an area of enjoyment I'd say it's too much pressure I guess if we're still going on to this hypothetical world I'm building here perhaps in the future I would you know uh expand onto on-screen acting but at the moment I'm very comfortable with um stage acting uh the pressure of memorizing all your lines getting to know your cast um, and, you know, making your own costume and just, you know, going out there to a live crowd, live audience and seeing what their reaction is to different parts of the show live, like they're right in front of you. It, I just, I just find that feeling so heady, you know, it's just so, it, it's such a good, it's a, such a good feeling, even if I feel like throwing up five seconds before the curtains open. And I think I spent my high school career, like, pretty well. Um, I took drama in year nine, and I've took I've taken it every year consecutively up until my last year this year, and uh, there's nothing really I regret doing. I've taken Japanese for five years as well. I think that's one of the things I regret mainly because um, I've lost my passion for it, and it's really just dragging on. And I don't see myself pursuing a f- career in the future with this knowledge that I've gained and even though I've been studying the subject for five years it feels like it feels like I only know how to say my name and introduce myself still like other people in my class are like making solid fluent conversations they understand each other they know three alphabets and I'm just like um konnichiwa that's like the only thing I can say um that's probably one of the few things I regret but I think I'm happy to say that I haven't regretted anything else um, like I said, drama, photography, down pat, and I do quite a lot of extracurriculars. Uh, I lead my own club, theater sports trust, <laughs> and I have made some pretty good friends. And as much as I hate school and going to school and ev- everything involving exams and whatever, I have made a home at high school. It's my comfort place. Well, I wouldn't say comfort place, but it's a familiar place with people I know, people who have gone to primary school, intermediate school with, you know. But university is a big change. It's that transition from being a teenager to being an adult. And that is a really scary realization to remember that you're an adult. And I don't know, I'm not, I'm not quite there, but to think that in just a year I will be thrust out into the world, expecting to be making my own decisions, paying my own bills for like flats or 
electricity or whatever, you know, like I have to make my own decisions and I'm like, no, I don't want to leave my home or it's just, I know exploring university, not necessarily university, like I know stepping out your comfort zone is difficult for everyone. And I'd like to think myself as someone who's pretty brave in this aspect, who can step out of her comfort zone pretty easily um, and try new things. I mean, when I first tried drama, I knew that was so different from what I was used to. I didn't even know drama could be a subject. I tried that out and then I went for production. I tried that out and then I put myself out there for scholarships and I got that. And it's it was very difficult, but it was thrilling more than anything else. But right now, facing like university entrances and applications, I can't seem to find any thrill in it. For the first time in my life, there's not a thrill. It's just fear. Trepidation. It's just a black hole. <laughs> I don't know. It's oh, it's really scary. Um, my few comforts is that I know my older siblings have gone through this exact same thing. They're either in university or already working. And it's, I mean, they made it, right? So if they made it, then surely I can too. But at the same time, I can't exactly compare myself to them. Because, and I'm sure some of you can relate when I say this. Because when my oldest siblings, even when I was younger, even when they were at my age right now, they've always been more mature than I am. And it's obviously just my, it's always, it's obviously um, my perception um, because I was really young and I depended on them and I looked up to them. But it's not just my perception. It's also because of the fact that they're older than me. They were brought up in a different time, in a different generation. Um, and like we all know the famous different treatments that parents give um, the children, the oldest, the middle and the youngest, right? I'm sure you all know. Even if it's unconscious, well, most of the time it is. And it's not necessarily a bad thing, um, but the difference in treatment is there, right? So that, that you know, makes an impact on how you grow up. And as one of the youngest in my family, I am very spoiled. <laughs> I am very sheltered. Um, all the things that I have is just, I'm just really fortunate to, because, um, I wasn't, I wasn't here when, you know, my parents were, you know, first married, trying to get on their feet financially and things like that. Or, you know, I wasn't the first kid. So, <laughs> so if they mucked up, it wasn't on me. <laughs> they, had a, they had plenty of experience. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. My my siblings are not well. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. They're they're all right. <laughs> they're really cool. But they're they're so much more mature. We all have such eccentric, different personalities. I'm the I'm the drama nerd. Um, my brothers are like you know football fanatics. Um, my sister was amazing at algebra, and my brother's taking accounting. And it's like we're all in different areas of expertise we all like different things and um it's just it's crazy how different we are yet being brought up in the same roof 
Um, and seeing them go to university seemingly without any struggle, I just don't feel confident that I can do the same thing. Because like I said, they were brought up to be more mature than I am. I am much more sheltered uh, as one of the, as a second youngest. Um, I had pretty much everything given to me, but now I have to work for it. I have to look for my own scholarships. I have to look for my own friends. And that's another thing, friends. My friends are splitting up. Some people are going to Auckland University. Some people are going overseas to Japan, America, UK. And not only that, when I go to my own university, there will be people from all over the place, different parts of New Zealand, overseas, Japan, UK, America, whatever. They're coming here. And I have to, and I'll just be me, you know, by myself in this sea of new people. That is terrifying. Another comforting thought, I guess, if I want to shift perspective, is that I'm not the only one feeling this way. There are plenty others who will be feeling this way, even the people who are coming from, you know, different places in New Zealand or whatever, that are coming here to a completely new place, starting university, fresh off of high school, just as I am. And we're all new faces. I don't know if that's a comforting thought or not, but it's it's a thought. <laughs> and it's... Oh, I feel like I haven't changed, honestly. I feel like I'm 12, about to get to university. I'm 17, for gosh sakes. Doesn't feel like it, though. But if I were to ask another person, I know I've changed a lot in their eyes, just as my siblings has changed a lot in my eyes. I remember back then when me and my little brother used to fight every single day. We would always make a huge fight out of nothing, whether it's the last muffin in the in the pantry or if mom was, you know, doting on one sibling too much or if it's something as stupid as, you know, looking at me the wrong way. And I remember there was a time where I cried every single day. I was such a crybaby. And to be fair, I am still an incredibly huge crybaby. But um, I'd like to think that I hide it better now. Um, I have my own room <laughs> so I can cry in peace without being really loud about it. Uh, but now, whenever I like chill and hang out with my younger brother, we have, di- we have a lot of different tastes now, I guess. Back then, because me and my younger brother were only one year apart, we did everything together. We used to bathe together, we we ate together, we talked together about every single thing. We watched the same things on Disney Channel, uh, Nickelodeon, Cartoon Network. Oh gosh, those were the days of watching um, Spongebob Squarepants, watching Phineas and Ferb, um, what else, The Regular Show, and was it? Finn the human, Jake the dog. What's what's that show? Oh, Adventure Time. Regular Spies. Oh, not not Regular Spies. Totally Spies. House of Anubis. Big Time Rush. iCarly. Victorious. Oh gosh, the memories are just coming back. We used to do everything together. But now, it's 
he's, you know, he's got his own school friends. He's, uh, he stays behind at school, goes to the gym, plays football with his friends, basketball, sports, you know, things that guys generally like, I don't know. And I'm more reserved nowadays. Um, I tend to stay in my room. I spend hours and hours on end just reading any book I can get my hands on. And, um, I shut myself into the library at school or, I don't know, take photos, chat with my, you know, girlfriends. And it's, we have less in common now, me and my brother. And uh, now that I think about it, we don't actually, we don't actually talk much anymore, which is both sad and also heartening to hear. Not the fact that we don't talk to each other, but the fact that we've changed so much, like, to see my younger brother, who used to be this snot-nosed brat who, like, kept tailing on me and kept asking for every little thing. But now he's, oh gosh, he's taller than me. He's so much taller than me, and he cares about how he looks now, and he's he's focusing on his studies, and it's just, feels like a slap in the face. One day he was this kid, and the next he's this tall dude, and it's like what <laughs> that that happened so fast you're not supposed to grow like this <laughs> not without me <laughs> I'm still so short and I don't think I can get any taller and um oh, I just remember how he used to look at me and he he used to look at me with such admiration he used to copy everything I do and I used to be so annoyed like gosh be original <laughs> But then I look back and I realize I was not original at all either. I would look at my older sister and my older brothers and copy everything they do because, gosh, I remember thinking they were so cool. My brother had a new sunglasses and I stole them from him. Not to be annoying, but it was obviously really annoying. Just because I remember he looked so cool in them and I wanted to emulate that. And I remember wanting their approval so much. Because it meant so much. My world was just my family. My house, you know. And then my friends eventually came into that bubble. But now suddenly that bubble popped. And I found out there's this huge globe that I'm in. That I can just freely explore. Now that I'm in, about to go to university. And isn't that just terrifying? being sheltered your whole life and then just being pushed down to the wilderness. I can't say I don't still look for my siblings or parents' approval. It's still there, but less prominent now. I guess I'd like to say that I have my own originality, my own personality to, to you know, to say it. But I wouldn't say it isn't influenced off of my siblings. I There are a few traits in myself that I can recognize and see in others um, I definitely got my stubborn streak from my older brother, that's for sure, and I, I first developed, I didn't tell him this, and, um, he'll probably hear it from here, but the whole reason why I developed my passion in photography is because my older brother was a huge fan of making his own films, short films, and, 
you know, taking media studies and things like that. He would always come home to do these internals that he would ask our help with. He was making a short film, like in a horror genre, and uh, I was helping out with that. And the whole technical process, he made it look so effortlessly. Like, he effortlessly made such amazing films, and I just was, like, starstruck, you know? Like, he was so cool doing, like, the planning uh, the diagrams, and then finally filming, and then editing, and then seeing the final product, and then I tried getting into film as well, because surely if he looked so cool doing it, I would look cool doing it as well, and I did try getting into that in year nine, and I do have to say it is fun, and I would probably do it again, but it's not my, it's not my area, he's the whole reason why I wanted to take media studies in year 12 in the first place, I took media studies hated it, dropped it. But then media studies um, led into photography. Um, I was suggested into that route when I found out we weren't doing films like Otago Boys does. They Because Otago Girls Year 12, we do podcasts, which is how I got here. And um, we also do magazine covers. And that's not really my forte. But then I was suggested into taking photography. And then I just thought, oh, that, that seems interesting. So I gave it a go. And but looks turns out I have a knack at it turns out I'm really good uh and I really like this so much better than making films and it's in a very similar branch to filmmaking and that's all thanks to my brother if if he hadn't introduced me to this area if he didn't love it if he didn't bring his whole passion you know if I didn't see the passion in his eyes and I wouldn't have taken it which wouldn't have led me here you know, because our life is just like this huge tree of possibilities that just branch out whenever we make a decision. And if one branch, if one whole section of a tree was cut off, then the future wouldn't have happened. Like I said, if my brother didn't have this passion in filmography, I wouldn't have ended up having this podcast and I wouldn't have taken photography. So, so many decisions, you know, make a huge impact on our life later on, even if we don't realize it. Like the whole, the only reason why I'm New Zealand, I'm in New Zealand in the first place and not in Malaysia is because my sister got accepted to Otago University. If she didn't go to Otago University and went to a Malaysian university instead, I'd be in Malaysia. Probably unhappy. I don't know. I don't see myself, um, I don't see myself, um, acclimating to, or I wouldn't say acclimating because um, I'd already be there. I don't see myself happy in the Malaysian school system, uh, because there's a lot of things that I don't agree with. And most importantly, I wouldn't have been able to make the friends that I have now. I have really close friends now, and they're the ones who introduced me to, like, Japanese, let's say, um, drama. And drama is such a huge part of my life. Primary school was purely for social. I don't remember learning a thing. I probably did, and it's just ingrained in my subconscious, and my conscious thought just doesn't remember anything, which fair enough. But um, I remember going to primary school, and that was just social. I remember playing. Uh, one of the few things I remember at school was playing on the playground every single day with the same group of people, played the same game over and over again. It's but it's called busted, um, and it's it's a tagging game, um, but 
you have to keep your hands on a piece of playground equipment. And if you let your hand off of it and someone catches you with your hands on no equipment, then you say busted and they, the person who get caught, they would be the person who would be it. I guess that's a terrible explanation, but I, but I hope you get it. It's just, it's just an updated, uh, a more modded version of the game tag, basically. And it was so fun. I remember going on my first day and I was introduced to a really exuberant student, Emma. She's still in high school with me. She's amazing. I love her to bits. And then she introduced me to, I guess, her group of friends and I met the others. And that's who I call the Busted Gang, because we just played Busted every single day. The classes themselves, I don't really remember. Maybe I remember the assemblies, uh, you know, learning the songs, playing the clarinet. Oh, God, that's such a cool memory. Playing the clarinet. Um, and then at one point there was like, there was like a, we had a day where we could bring sweets and we just had a sugar high that entire day. And I remember screaming at the top of my lungs on top of a chair. The teacher was out and we were all... We were, we all felt like huge rebellion, like rebellious kids, as if we were so grown up. We would roll up the the lollipops, put it in our mouth, and then we'd like pretend it was cigarettes, and then we'd like pretend we were gangsters and like you know smoking and <laughs> hanging around in gangs. It was just oh god, it was so wild. It was crazy. That's a lot to reminisce, I think. Um, and I'm sure you guys are reminiscing too on your like own childhood experiences. So I'll let you guys have a minute, you know, take take a minute to yourselves, uh, reminisce about your childhood, and I'll I'll pick I'll pick some soothing music, maybe nostalgic music. I don't know, something that reminds us of the old days. And by us, I mean um, people my age. I don't know about um, older people. So, um, hopefully, it's nostalgic. Absence make her heart go fonder While I'm conquering the last frontier Lately I've found myself wandering out loud Wondering what I was doing here One day
Like, I'm not saying music now isn't great, but um, back then it was, it was, it was something else. It, it holds, it holds so much memories. Um, and like, nowadays music is good. It's interesting, but it just, it doesn't hit as hard as they used to. Maybe it's because we're just older and I know the older generation says the same thing about their music in our nostalgic music. So I bet the now generation the younger kids that's growing up to, I don't know, Post Malone, Nicki Minaj, oh god, I don't know, maybe they'll call this nostalgic, (laughs) oh god, imagine calling Post Malone's Sunflower, or Rockstar, nostalgic, oh god, the future sounds so fun, (laughs) nope, sarcasm, oh well, it'll be interesting, and I'll probably look back at this and I don't know, laugh, cringe, who knows, um, but yeah, like, do you guys ever, like, look at the old mashups of music, you know, um, the 2012 music, and, like, old music from that year would be mashed up to this really cool, uh, remix, and it was just, it was so nice and nostalgic to hear, and then every, like, there was this one guy who did it, I don't, I don't know his name, but he used to do it, and, um, he did it every year, and it just, it sounded so good, and it hit really hard, but then, like, I think, ah, when did it start to go downhill? I think 2015, no, no, was it 2016, or, or I guess 2018, or around that time, the, just, the remixes started going, like, down, and it's not, like, a comment to his skill, like, his skill was, like, top-notch, his previous works obviously clearly showed that it's just the music just didn't hit the same way um and the there was a huge shift in the genre as well because slow music started going like was well, it anti-pop started getting really popular as well um Billie Eilish um I think there at one point Sabrina Carpenter um I don't know and then rap also became a huge thing um like a different style of rap because rap back then was more I guess it was more of an acquired taste. It was people who was interested in it would listen to it. But now rap is, you know, kind of merged with pop. So, like, now you can't really tell the difference. Um, so, yeah, that, that that's when uh, Post Malone, Nicki Minaj comes in. Ariana Grande, I think. Oh, does she rap? <laughs> I have no idea. You know? Um, and it's... It's a, a, an interesting way to see how the times have changed. And that's just in music. Something so, I guess, not impactful. This doesn't talk about, like, the planet in terms of um, how the how global warming is going or, like, politics. Politics has taken, like, an interesting dive. Oh, and social media, how that's developed. What started off as, like, myspace and facebook and um whatever it's turned into snapchat and tiktok i think tiktok oh wait no is tiktok no no no. the latest one is be real i think i've never i don't have it myself 
but it seems like a lot of it's like a new trend a lot of people are doing it. I think I think it's like when you take photos from the front camera and the back camera camera at the same time and then you sort of post it. I don't know. So like Instagram but but not. <laughs> I don't know. It's interesting to see and um I don't know, it's just I feel old. <laughs> but I'm so young still. I don't know talking about all this but if I I wanted to go back to like primary school right like it's just there's so many things that change in our behavior that we don't even realize like do you remember back in the day when you would put your hand in your shirt and then walk around the house telling everyone that you lost an arm and you would like be really dramatic about it or you would cry or anything or you would just you would put your hands in your shirt and like in your sleeves and just let your palms out and then just pretend you're like a a T-Rex or something or maybe when you were in the car when you were forced to listen to the radio or like you know we were going on big trips and then it was raining and you would look at the you would look at the window as the raindrops fell and pretend they were having a race you know, and you would provide really epic commentary in your head, and and then or like when two raindrops merge, and then you'd be like really shocked about it, really dramatic, and it's just there's just something so innocent about it, it's something so sweet about the way that we used to act, and I'm sure some of you can relate to this. Some of you might not. Some of you might have done different things, and if you do, let me know. Um, but I just remember doing that a lot or or when I used to cook or I like I'd like make toast and then pretend I was on a cooking show pretend I made the finest cuisine ever Today's Father's Day the day that I'm recording this um it's Father's Day and I just I remember when I was younger I obviously couldn't I didn't have any money to buy my parents anything I mean I still don't have money but like back then especially so and I just thought there needed to be something to show my love and appreciation to them in whatever day it was, whether it was Father's Day, Mother's Day, their birthdays, their anniversary, whatever. And I remember making cards and I would draw on them, color them in, put sparkles or cut them out to a specific shape or whatever. In my terrible writing and terrible grammar, I would write how much I would how much I love them, how much I appreciate them, and then suddenly make fun of my other siblings, and then I would give it to my parents, and then I'd see them, like, cry. And I never really understood, because, I mean, it was just a piece of paper. Yeah, it was really sad seeing them cry. I don't exactly understand why, but looking back, it's just... Some things money can't buy. And even if it was like really crude and not great looking, not a great looking card, the fact that someone put an effort into that, something made so personal specifically for you, there's just something so sweet about it that touches your heart in a way that nothing else can. I look back at that and then look at how we celebrate now. 
I would still give my parents that really heartfelt message. I love you. Thank you for everything that you've done. I'm sorry for, you know, being me. Nah, I'm kidding. You know, I'm sorry for any mistakes that I've done. And But I wouldn't put them in a cot because I don't have time. I'm so busy these days. And I would just take a step to him instead of saying it to his face. We'd go out for dinner to celebrate. But it's just, and it's fun, of course. You spend time with your family and it's still something and it's great. But it's just not the way it used to be. I can't even remember when the last time I made a card was. When did it stop? Why did it stop? When did I start having no time to do the things that I used to take so much pride in. I guess I got carried away with life. But like, is that really living? (laughs) Just, I don't know, just following the herd. And now that I've realized that I've stopped making these cards, I'm really annoyed at myself. Like, and I did it again, like today. I just texted my dad. I love you and everything. And it's just, it's just so not personal. So I guess that should be like my new resolution, huh? To start making cards again. For you guys out there who's listening, I definitely recommend you guys start making cards again. Like accompany it with a present. Um, But like make your own card, I reckon. Um. Don't buy ones from the store. Make your own card, even if it doesn't look great. They'll probably laugh. And you'll laugh as well. And it'll be really really funny, really embarrassing, whatever. But it will mean so much to them. I was looking through some of my old files and some of the things that I kept. And for those of you who don't know, I am a, I have a huge hoarding problem. Because I am far too sentimental <laughs> about literally anything. <laughs> If a container looks good enough, I will keep it. That is a trait that my mother has instilled in me. My Asian mother has instilled in me. Keep the plastic bags. Reuse them. Or the paper bags. The containers. The whatever. Right up until it's like about to be torn to shreds. It can still be used. Which is really good for the environment, I must say. Um, But, yeah, no. Um, Make your own card. And trust me, it means a lot because I was looking through my old things as I said earlier and I came across a bunch of cards that I used to I have um received from my younger brother um because my older siblings kind of grew out of that phase but my I looked at them and because I was looking for my old exam papers so I could give my brother something to look at and reference off of and I found this one card that he made for my birthday and oh gosh, it was so, ah, oh, it's so cute. It was such crudely, it was so crudely made. Um, he drew a picture of me, which was literally just a stick man with a hijab. <laughs> and then he wrote like in terrible English, happy birthday. I'm sorry for being annoying, but like, sometimes you're really annoying too. So it's not my fault, but like, whatever, happy birthday. <laughs> that's, oh God, that subtle dick. I remember looking at that card and just feeling so sentimental and then just starting to cry. Like I said, I'm a 
crybabies, so sentimental, but no one knew about it. I, I was a bit late, but I was a bit late with giving my brother his paper, but I looked at it, read it, and I was just, I felt so touched all over again. It was just so timeless. And then I was looking through another, another day, I was looking through my mom and dad's files, you know, the important stuff, like our birth certificate, our, um, our achievements and stuff like that. Cause I had gotten a certificate and I wanted to put it in the thing. And while I was looking through the files, I was like, might as well look at my old ones. And then I saw this page where it was just dedicated to, to like the cards that me and my brother used to make for them. And it was just like, to think that they kept it as well. And I felt touched that they kept it and they must've felt touched that enough to have kept it and it's just you don't lose anything by giving someone a card doesn't even cost much money which is also like even better if you're if you you know if you're thinking about that aspect but like I said this isn't something that money can buy you know something that comes straight from the heart something so brutally honest about it and nowadays we're a bit more desensitized to these things um we don't really experience the same things. Like I said, nowadays, we just text or, like, video someone. It, we can be really creative as well. Like, someone could edit a video of memories. Like, it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just, this is just something that I've noticed within myself. I would just text someone, you know, to celebrate the occasion instead of giving a card. Um, along with it. And then I'd, of course, give a gift. But it's just... I don't know, it doesn't hit the same. Something that I realized as well, while I was hanging out with my cousins, I was in the car for a long road trip, and I was looking at the raindrops, because for once my phone battery was dead. So I was actually paying attention to the world around me. And I was looking at the raindrops, and I was like, oh, I remember this when I used to look, look at them race. And then I looked at my cousins, and I looked at like the, pretty much everyone else in the car. They were either in with their headphones on, like, you know, vibing in the mood or someone had their tablet they were on instagram or whatever playing games the new mario or temple run i don't know what the new games are these days pokemon go but they weren't looking outside and i was like oof damn that's different to how it used to be with me and then i was like wait i'm such a hypocrite because I would have been doing the exact same thing if it weren't for the fact that my phone battery died. And it's like, oof, that changed really quickly. To see someone so young, like five five to seven or something, on like their own tablets or phones or whatever, and it's just like, that's... And I just feel like, ugh, they they didn't enjoy their childhood the same way that I do. I mean, like, yeah, tablets are fun, don't you remember the days where you would go out, tag, like, chase your siblings, put worms in their hair, like, take them off, <laughs> annoy your oldest siblings who had work to do because you had nothing to do, climb the archway of the wall, pretend you're Spider-Man. Maybe you'd look out the window and out um, to the bushes in the forest in the middle of the night, pretend that there was some spy looking over, you know, chasing your car for whatever reason. Or you would think that the moon was following you. I remember being so young 
and being so impatient to grow up. To want my own freedom. To be able to do whatever I want without telling, without other people telling me what to do. To be able to have ice cream for dinner. To be able to buy my own things. To be able to have my own room. To be able to move out, make new friends, do my own career. I was so impatient for the future that I had missed the present. Or in this case, the past. I didn't cherish my childhood enough. And I missed it. Because now I don't want to grow up. Now I just want to stay in high school. Pretend I'm a kid. Without all these stupid responsibilities weighing me down. I want to go back to the time where I wanted to go to school. Because of the friends. They were enough that I could... My love for my friends were enough that I could ignore the mundaneness or the, I guess, torture of school. Back then it wasn't even torture, so. But then again, you know what they say, hindsight is always twenty twenty. But then again, I can't be moping, you know. I can't spend this time moping as well, because I'm sure in the future, 10 years from now, I'd be looking back to my present self, and she'll be thinking, Oh, God, I can't believe she is wasting her early adult life moping. She didn't treasure her time enough. So a lesson to be learned from this is just, I guess, stick to the present, you know? You can always think about the future, think about the past, but don't like, don't get lost in it. And it's really difficult to do. It's easier said than done, of course, because this whole hour I'm just talking about my past. Which I'm going to continue doing, so I'm just going to ignore my own advice for a second. And (laughs) reminisce the good old days. Um, uh, Intermediate was a shift as well. It was a big shift because it was um, different people coming from different schools in Dunedin. And then the curriculum got upped, so it was a lot more difficult. And then sports was pushed on a bit more. And I think that was when we were first exposed to the fact that our world isn't just primary school and home or and the supermarket. There's people outside of our bubble that exist. And that's when we realized other countries exist. I mean, we obviously subconsciously knew they existed, but that's when we were very conscious of the fact we started learning about the problems of different countries. I remember thinking about, I remember learning about Trump's election. Or was it re-election? I don't remember. His election in um, year eight. Oh no, year seven of um, Intermediate. And everyone was talking about it. And it was just America, America, America. And it was less about New Zealand, you know. And then high school started. And then the, like, we're introduced by even more groups of people, some meaner than others, some kinder than others. So what's university going to give me? What's my first job going to give me? Unlike other people my age, I am unemployed. <laughs> I mean, I do tutoring on the side, but it's um, I still interact with my high school student, like high school friends or like high school strangers. 
So it's it's not the same at Wigan. Um, I won't be moving out next year. Or maybe I will. Who knows? But I don't plan to because I'm planning to become more of a leech because, I don't know, I hate, I hate thinking about the future, but I can't help but worrying about it. And, and you guys have probably noticed the trend as well concerning the last few episodes I've been talking about, like, time and not wasting it, <laughs> things like that. So, as you can tell, I have a preoccupation with this thing. <laughs> Also, fun fact, um, because I know I missed uh, an episode slot last week, uh, well, my last slot, and the reason was because I had technical issues, right? So I was recording my podcast, and I got to, like, halfway through before, like, my laptop restarted, and I had to start a new recording, and I looked at the previous recording, and I realized... Uh, I was glad to see that it saved. So I was like, okay, cool. So I recorded the last 20 minutes on the same recording. I just added on. But then I realized as I stopped, as I finished the last 20 minutes of it, that it the last 20 minutes did not save on the same recording. And I figured, oh, obviously I was really peeved about it, but I figured it must have been something to do with the fact that it, the laptop had restarted suddenly. So, um, obviously I can't use the same recording file. So I made a new recording file and tried to record the last 20 minutes again, um, from whatever I remembered, but I covered so much that I didn't know like what I talked about anymore. So I was just talking in circles. It was not my best work. And then I went to edit it and like, you know, export it to my editing software and part, like the 20 minutes that I re-recorded was fine. But then the recording file that had a problem in the first place that, you know, you know, um, was the one that I was recording when the laptop shut down, it couldn't register. It wasn't registered as a file. Like, despite being able to listen to the recording, it was as if the file itself didn't exist, as if it was deleted. So it must have been a glitch in the system. It's It was so weird. And I remember being so frustrated because I was, like, stressing about, like, um, an internal, and it was going to air in, like, a couple of hours. <laughs> and I know you must be wondering, uh, Asha, you should have recorded it so much earlier so you had time. Yeah, well, it was a mistake that I will probably do again, knowing me, because I'm a huge procrastinator. But I've learned my lesson for this session, at least. I'm, I'm, I'm uh, recording this on a Sunday, on Father's Day, mind you, but on the Sunday nonetheless. So um, this good behavior won't last very long. <laughs> um, but I might do a re-recording um, of that episode another time, but I'm just turned off off of the subject because I've talked I've like re-recorded it so many times and I just felt so frustrated I was talking I was basically talking about the She-Hulk though um I was talking about the She-Hulk and um like how it doesn't deserve its rip I don't know what do you guys think you guys want to hear about that like talking about the She-Hulk Marvel in general and oversaturation you know stuff like that it'll just go off on a tangent and I might actually have another person with me this time to discuss about that because I'm sure the other person will have many opinions that are differing to mine because mine are quite unpopular (laughs) so yeah anyway thank you so much for sticking with me so far with my inconsistent updates and just talking about random things and just about my life in general but yeah like I said um the future is coming in really quickly, like it's at our front door. 
But then again, I guess it's a little about perspective because the Adams project, the movie, um, if I have to quote the, one of the uh, lines, what is it? The future is later than you think. Some people might think that, but personally, I don't agree. The future is far quicker than you think. Um, it's like literally right out your front door. So just make the most of what you can in the present. It's not bad to reminisce things, especially if you need to pick me up. Because what a better what's a better pick me up than your childhood? Uh, for most people, at least. <laughs> Sorry, um, but you know. So, but just don't get don't get stuck in the past. I know times were better then, but we can't do anything about it. We can only just make the best out of the now. So, yeah. Thank you for listening, and I hope you stick with me for the future. Thank you all for joining me today on Thoughts and Theories. I hope you've learned something new or taken away something to think about. I hope to see you all next time. Till then, this has been Thoughts and Theories with Asha Ama Asri. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand on the Air.